Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From Capital Broadcasting Company and WRAL-FM, welcome to Wine and Dandy. I'm your host, Sarah King. And I am your hostess, Jamie Caskey. <laughs> and wine is fun, and we intend to prove it. And today we have a fellow podcaster with us, and I, I want to use the terms that you gave yourself, um, the Wolf of Wine and Young Thanos, who goes out and collects all the gems. Well. <laughs> we have with us yes. the host of Wine and Hip Hop Podcast, Mr. Jermaine Stone. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, uh, the the Young Thanos thing is, is just, you know, I... I I feel like I'm I'm Thanos in his thirties. You know, Thanos <laughs> sure. is thousands of years old, but if Thanos was in his thirties, he'd be something like this guy. That's early, <laughs> early Thanos. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I had to I had to say it. All right. Well, I'm so glad you joined us. And for those of our listeners who don't aren't familiar with your podcast, give us a short description of what exactly wine and hip hop is. Yeah, wine and hip hop is this fun podcast my friends and I started uh, about five years ago. Uh, on every episode, I sit with an influencer from either the wine or hip-hop industry. I ask them to pick a song or a bottle of wine that is special to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I select a pairing for their um, selection, and we discuss it on the show. You know, since COVID, we've had to do things a little bit differently. Yep. Certain episodes are now recorded over Zoom. Uh, so with us, without us being in the same room, we can't drink the same bottle of wine. But we will always be talking about wine and hip-hop culture. You know, um, the, the story behind the show is I wanted to recreate my experience coming up in the wine industry, learning about wine, you know. I my background is in wine auction uh, and I've been working in that industry since I was 20 years old. So I was really raised in the wine industry. So I didn't have a classic wine education. I learned through sitting in uh, and having conversations with collectors, distributors, winemakers and um and I wanted to recreate that experience and really show people that the um, the wine industry embraces hip hop much more than people would think, yeah. And the hip hop community also reveres wine much more than people would think. So why aren't these two things getting together? Right. I just want to create that safe space uh, for that for that type of interaction. Now, right. Jermaine, let's go a little further back because you had aspirations of being hip hop artist, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I rapped. Really, my all of my teenage years, cool. you know, I I was on like XM radio, wow. you know, I I I'd done like small things. It was very different at that time, you know. Like this is I come from the era where you were like mailing your demo into record labels, right. and yeah. hoping that you run into a rapper in the street, right? But um, no, I I I'd got gotten myself into all kinds of situations. One time I met. LL Cool J, 
wow. and I, I rapped for him. Mm-hmm. And his man, he was starting a label at the time. His manager, uh, pardon me, the the head of the label at that time, a guy named I think his name was Tony Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, I but I'd done a whole bunch of recording and stuff with him. Um, but it was just like in a demo phase. Right. So I'd always gotten right to the cusp and not gone all the way. Um, wine attracted me. So yeah, like I was saying, I started in wine when I was 20. So yeah. as soon as I stopped doing music, I started working in wine. It, there was a little bit of crossover in the beginning, mm-hmm. but you know, wine uh, kind of took my heart over. Well, you know, I my husband's a musician and... You know, I have a feeling we're about the same age, and we also, I say we because, you know, I've known him forever, uh, but, you know, when he was in his uh, music career, and he, he did pretty well in the indie indie rock um, genre, there was a moment when he realized it probably wasn't going to happen, and there was a little bit of resentment. Did you have any resentment when you moved over to the wine world? You know, uh, I, it's funny, that's actually a great question, because I didn't have resentment necessarily for not hitting a certain point. Mm -hmm. I think that my resentment came with the energy of the rap game at that time. Like I felt like it wasn't based on talent. It was things were based on who, you know, and um, you know, not based on how, how good you are. (laughs) That's so funny. You said that because that's exactly what my husband said. He's like, I'm good. I just don't know the right people. Yeah. 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 And that got frustrating for me. So I, I literally just, um, I, I said, I'll continue to make music, but I'll make, because I love making music, but I'll make music for me. Uh, And um, that's even to this day, like just to, to, Get rid of stress. Every once in a while, I might record a song. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should point out that Sarah's husband also went into the wine business. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. So he did. Yes. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's a thing. Maybe said, it's a career path now. Yeah. He works for a distributor. That's so funny. I can't believe I didn't even think about that. Well, let me ask you about um, wine and hip hop. What are the similarities that you find in those two worlds? Well, I think that, you know, it's like I was saying, I feel like both worlds have reverence for one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, every time that I'd sat down for dinner with someone or uh, drinks with someone, you know, because of my background, that I'm, I'm more familiar with it, a hip-hop uh, upbringing. So that would be what I talked about. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of the people that I'd sit with in a lot of these wine settings didn't have the opportunity to get to know people like me but they've heard of people like me through this art form that they love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now here they are getting a chance to interact and ask questions that they've never been able to ask. Uh, you know, aside from that, I feel like hip hop is a, it really is a luxury art form. Hip hop guys love bling bling, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, we, we enjoy luxury yeah. and wine classes up, any picture and all hip hop artists are doing is telling stories and uh, they use wine to, to create much more luxurious pictures. Uh, Um, And they tell stories the same way that sommeliers tell stories. The number one uh, uh, sale proponent for wine is its story. Yeah. So I feel like hip hop guys are just telling stories the same way that uh, 
the same way that, uh, you know, sommeliers tell stories when they're trying to sell you a bottle. Yeah, that's a great point. It's sort of a, because then you're hooked in, then it's a relationship. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I was wondering, because like you said, you were saying the people who you were sitting down with hadn't had a chance to speak to like a, you know, a hip hop artist. Why do you think that people of color are so underrepresented, not only in wine production, but in wine consumption as well? You know, and I think that, you know, like you said, the hip hop community does drink wine, but to the outside world, people don't know that. And why do you think that is? Mm, you know, I, I honestly feel that it's just the people that are at the top in a lot of these wine companies don't necessarily understand these, uh, my culture. Yeah, right. And I think that they've assumed that, you know, all black people drink sweet wine. That's the only wine that they can get. Mm-hmm. There's never really been any investment to grow the knowledge base so that they can make a much longer term customer that you can sell more products to. Right, right. Uh, you know, so I, and that's a big part of why I started uh, the company I did is to uh, create a dedicated effort towards African Americans. Um, I think that it's just been a misunderstood market and people are just totally missing out. Yep. You know, it, there's, a, there's been an assumption that African Americans only enjoy sweet wine and and spirits. There's they the alcohol industry does great with marketing spirits to African Americans, but wine not the same thing. Right. Uh so I think that with education that will change and I do see that changing a lot overall in the wine industry. When Black Lives Matter um was really in, in the headlines, a ton of uh, different organizations popped up that were really looking to get people of color in into the industry yep. in in a variety of ways. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to change. And I feel like once the wine industry had a mirror held to it, they immediately reacted, responded Good. exactly, <laughs> which is yeah, yeah, which is the way it should be. No, nah, it do, it says a lot, and it really just rings true to why I feel like our, our wine and hip hop concept works is because. You know, it's just a way for us to see each other. You know, this <clears throat> this is a, a full cultural exchange. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then Jermaine will be right back. I want you to tell us about Crew Love when we come back. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Wine and Dandy Podcast. We'd love to get your questions. We are speaking with uh, Jermaine Stone of Wine and Hip Hop Podcast. Now, Jermaine, tell us about your your personal baby. Let's talk about <laughs> Crew Love Wine, please. Yeah, yeah. Crew Love Wine is a creative agency dedicated to blending wine and hip hop in the most organic ways. And we do that in a variety of ways. Um, we can we do that through consultation or creation uh, and uh, working with uh, starting starting wine brands. Uh, right now, we have a project uh, with Raekwon from Wu Tang Clan called Licata. Oh. It's a, a really great sparkling Lambrusco. Oh yay! Um, the, the, I mean, it's it's delicious, and it's a it's an artist created product not an artist endorsed product oh cool again it's us really focusing on authenticity Mm -hmm. uh to both wine culture and hip-hop culture gotcha um aside from that we also do a a lot of media projects um we spoke about our podcast wine and hip-hop but Mm -hmm. there's also wine and hip-hop tv 
and several other shows, which we um, create branded content for different uh, customers. Okay. Uh, and lastly, uh, we also put, uh, do events in person and digital. Do you do tastings, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I see this is we're truly creating a wine and hip hop culture because we have the product, yeah. we have the conversation around the product, and we have the activation with the product. Right. And the personalities. So, exactly. Exactly. So this really creates an all-encompassing world where it's just a full cultural exchange between wine and, and hip-hop people. I love everything that you're saying. I think it's a genius idea. And, you know, circling back to what you're saying about education, I mean, of course, the more people know, the more that they'll taste and the more that they'll like. It's so short-sighted to just pigeonhole. Yeah, and it, and yeah. so many communities are affected by that, you know, like the, uh, the, the mm. bigger-bodied communities mm. often pigeonholed, and they're yeah. stuck in two mm-hmm. stores in the mall. And it's just not, it's not, it's so short-sighted. You couldn't be more right. You mentioned Raekwon's wine. I want you to tell me more about this. It's so interesting to me that Raekwon developed a Lambrusco. It's so unique. It's, um, I mean, it, it, it has these great lush fruits. Uh, it's a, it's very, very special. It's, uh, the bottle is completely designed by Raekwon. Uh, the juice in the bottle was created based on his, the flavor profile that he described. So it really is an artist's expression in a bottle. You mentioned that it was a sparkling Lambrusco. Um, is it a, yeah. you know, is it a classic Grasparosa? Is it more of a Di Sabara? Like, is it a lighter style or a, a, a darker, thicker style Lambrusco? Yeah, it's actually a much darker and richer style. The, we extended the maceration period by six weeks. So it sat with the skins mm-hmm. um, and really soaked up some richness and color uh, during that time. Um, the bubbles are a bit over Spumante level, so we like to call it a a super Lambrusco. I'm down with uh, that. Right. Bubbles <laughs> are my favorite. Now and she's drooling. Yeah. I hope you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> bubbles are my favorite. Yeah. Any form I can get. And, and it's super well balanced. You know, it's not too sweet. It's it, it's very, um, It's I wouldn't even call it fruit forward. It okay. tastes lush fruit, mm-hmm. but it's super balanced, very gulpable. You'll want to drink it on a hot summer's day. Sarah calls those porch pounders. Isn't that ladylike? Yeah. 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 It's a porch pounder, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Lakata is definitely a porch pounder. I will say that. <laughs> That's a good recommendation. Who would we most be surprised at being a big wine lover in the hip hop industry? Most surprised with being a hip hop lover in the no, I had that backwards. Industry. A wine lover in the hip hop industry, I got that right, backwards. right, right. No, no, I, I you know what, I, I heard it backwards too. So <laughs> we're both on, it's like did I, I, I yeah, it's been a long day. Um, everyone knows Jay Z is a yeah. big oh, yeah. wine drinker. I mean, actually, you know what, Big Daddy Kane. Really, Big Daddy Kane is a big wine guy. He he loves wine. I mean, you see him uh, post about it constantly on his Instagram. Like when one, there was one time he was like packing for a tour and the entire suitcase had wine. My kind of guy. I can hang out with him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So his green room is stocked nicely. Exactly. Big Daddy Kane and another guy, Noriega. 
Um, he's a rapper from Queens, but he is a big wine guy. I actually ran into him at this festival. Obviously, this was a couple of years back, uh, Complex Con. Mm-hmm. And we started hanging out just because, like, I was in the green room with a bottle of wine. Yeah, and there was yeah, no wine in the green out. room. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You are my new best friend." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he was he was a cool dude. But we ended up hanging out the whole day. It was like it was like a dream. I listened to this guy when I was in high school. That's and, awesome. Hey, I was running around with him at a music festival. And I have one more question for you. Well topic really um i've been reading in wine spectator this month and in food and wine and i your last episode actually there's a been a big movement with wine and sports you had will blackman on your most recent podcast um and in in uh wine spectator and food and wine they had carmelo anthony and all the nba players who are super big into wine can you speak on that relationship and how it's grown and you know any trend you see going there yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I had, um, so a while back, I had this gentleman, uh, he's a journalist, uh, Baxter Holmes on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Baxter wrote that, you remember this Sports Illustrated article uh, where they first spoke about LeBron James embo- embracing wine. And mm-hmm. yeah. it yep. was that first art thing where it was the big news that every NBA player was really getting into wine. Um, so I had him on the show. And I talked to him about this and I really, I spoke to him about the connection with hip hop because when you look at the culture of the NBA, these guys subscribe to hip hop culture. Right. You know, um, you can tell what, what type of music they listen to, how they dress. These guys look like hip hop artists. They, they look and sound and act like hip hop artists uh, in, in several ways. Uh, so, I think that the more that hip hop has embraced wine, I, I honestly feel that that has cleared a path for um, NBA players to embrace yeah, wine. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it really, it, it speaks to the whole culture. You know, you have a guy that, like LeBron James, for example, who looks up to Jay-Z and hangs out with Jay-Z, you know, obviously he's going to also be inspired by Jay-Z, yeah. who's someone that talks about wine and his raps. Um, and, you know, the list goes on, like all the top rappers, guys like Nas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you name it, uh, from top to bottom, they're speaking about wine. So I think right. that it's more of a reflection of what's happening within hip-hop culture. We can't thank you enough, Jermaine, for your time today. And thank you so much for your insights and your recommendations. And you're just fabulous. And your, your, your podcast is really fun to listen to. I love that you throw the music element in. I think that Jamie and I should try to figure out you know, some way to put music in our podcast because all we do is talk, and I know people get. We're sick probably going to start singing, Jermaine. No, um, I, feel I like, love it. I, I feel love like it. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> you, you, just, you just hit me up, and I'll drop a verse. Yes, and- I was yes say, let's give collaborate. That's right. Let's go. All right. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to the day when we can all travel again and be going to wine yes. things, and we will meet you face to face, and that we would can be enjoy so great. a glass of delicious sparkling lambrusco. Together. Oh yes, definitely, and please. E- email me your addresses. I'd love to send you guys a bottle of Licata. Oh, that's to about to happen right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank yep. you. Send it on. Thank All you right. in advance. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jermaine. Cheers. No, Cheers. This, this was great. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. Thanks Bye-bye. so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
You know, he was such a nice guy, Jermaine Stone. Oh, I know. He knows a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. I think he is more well-versed and more connected in the wine world than we can ever hope to be. We should become his new besties. And That's then, true. By extension. And, and he's going to send us that Licata, which is real exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. That Lambrusco. Yeah. You know I love some bubbly, red I or white. Bring do. it to me. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so let's get on to the tasting portion of today's episode. Oh, to tell. Okay, so if you remember back, I believe it was a good month ago, mm-hmm. perhaps a month and a half. Sure. We heard about American Airlines, how they yeah. were going to release their wines. Mm-hmm. Because you, know, you always associate an airline with a, a really good vendor. Yeah. And so I, I was like, well, I will be tasting these wines. And so I went about it and I got uh-huh. some. I was surprised that it just wasn't a bottle that said white or red. I assumed it would be. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like some other when we're like, we're going to try this and all the bottles look the same, slightly different colors. Yeah. No, yeah. no. There was lots of different choices. So I got a, I got a half case. Okay. It's a long roundabout story about how I got this half case. She really committed, guys. I did. I didn't mean to. And I committed with the boss's card, but I fixed it. So if you're listening, Sammy, you're good, I promise. But if if an erroneous charge comes up in your card, let me know. I'll make a phone call. (laughs) So I picked out uh, the two chillable wine. Appreciate that personally. One... I think it's going to be a bold red, and I we haven't delved into there, but we'll get there. Let's start at the okay. beginning. So the first wine we're tasting, um, and this kit was kind of cool that came into the mail. That it offered you three separate um, recipes that some of the wines would go with. I'm impressed. There was a magazine that came with it. There was um, the featured wines that they offered. They gave tasting notes with it. Oh, very nice. So it was like a whole, like, so if you were to order this, you really would get educated on the wine they sell. Yeah. Which is cool. You're not just... Flying blind. Everybody get it? Oh, no. I'm here all week. We have arrived. Get it? Arrive. Arrive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Brian and Kyle on the morning show have grown to hate my puns, which makes me love them even more. I was going to say. The 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 jokes, not the guys. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So this first one is a rosé. I'm it already is, excited. Yes. And this had this is apparently not a featured wine because it did not come with tasting notes. Oh. So this must be the rosé you order and get. I'm not On sure. On the plane. On sure. the plane. Sure. Where are you going? Going to Freen- Fresno. Okay, I'll have a rosé. Right. This is what you'd get, I think. I honestly don't even know how to say it. Uh, Marlifluo. Oh, there it is. Melifluo. You say it. Is it Melifluo? Oh, Melifluo. It's, oh no, this is no. This is the name of the business at Melifluo, which and it looks like a little, so cute little piano keyboard. Yeah, I don't know. It's like since there's no notes, it doesn't. I don't think it tells you what the wines are. Let me read that first. All I know is it says this. Are you ready? It's lovely. Mm-hmm. At Melifluo, we specialize in handcrafted, smooth, harmonious, aka the piano blends. <laughs> ah, yes. Our ethereal dry rosé conjures memories of sun-dappled hillsides mm. overlooking La Mire. Oh, the sea, guys. It's the sea. With nice. delicate notes of white floral. Not what flowers, but just mm-hmm. white floral. Mm-hmm. Perfect as an aperitif and with all delights from the sea. So I'm assuming this pairs well with seafood. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess. All this right. is my first full week. I did t- some partial weeks. This is my first full week back in the office. So I'm very happy to be drinking. Oh, and <laughs> I, I also have to tell you something that's going to make me want to drink this too. Let's, let's smell it first. By the way, I think it smells terrific. It does. It smells really good. I put lotion on like an mm. idiot. If you're ever out to go to a wine tasting, never put lotion on before you go in because all you'll smell is your lotion. Good point. But the- oh, Ooh, yeah. This, oh, man. Okay. Can't, can't go wrong with it. It's a very nice rosé. Yeah. Uh, the thing about rosé is like I never, although we have had um, 
Tavel, which is the only appellation or area in France that specializes in rosé. But most of them kind of taste the same to me. Some are a little bit more acidic. Yeah, some are, some a, little are a little more fruit forward. But mm-hmm. yeah, so this this is a lovely middle of the road. Yeah, and I have no idea how much it costs because it came in this pack. I, I've got to say, I really like this. If you, I saw this, you know, on the shelf, I would buy this. This is a very nice rosé. Yeah, and you can get it at Vinnie's mm-hmm. uh, or Vines, like finesse, but with a V. Uh-huh. dot com. That's where all of this is through. But I had a hard time finding that the American Airlines. So I had to search American Airlines wines, and then within the Venice or uh-huh. Venice site, they came up. That's V-I-N-I-S dot com? V-I-N- V-I-N-I-S-S-E. That's why I think oh, it's Venice. like Finesse, but with a V. Yes. Okay. Cool, I, just, cool. I just said that. I don't know Did you? you? Well, <laughs> you know what I am, Sarah? A good listener. <laughs> I was using my man ears. Just kidding, gentlemen. No, you're not. But I'm for real. I'm serious. I know. I get that. <laughs> Uh, no, so as I pour us the second bottle, and then I'll talk about it, we lost two of our $35... Glasses? Glasses. The ones oh. that Riedel sent over, the the wine wings, in the same day. <gasps> That's a bad day. I've only, so far, had to say goodbye to one. That's how I'm Well, the to first it. one broke in the dishwasher, then Eddie told me about it. And then I put another one in the dishwasher because he told us in the he, pl- he, he told said we us. could do that and that's a filthy lie unless they're in there by themselves four cornered. Well, it was that's the thing. It was in there, it wasn't touching anything. I just didn't. I ha- I had two prongs, but for some reason it was still uh-huh. jostling around. Yeah. And then there's a way you can put it on our dishwasher where you put it in two prongs again, but it won't move. Uh-huh. I guess I just had it in a point where it jostled and Eddie pulled the drawer open like the beast that he is and and, it, and the stem it broke off. snapped the stem. Yes. That is so sad. I know. $35. And then on another piece of news, my in-laws, while we were gone, when they mm-hmm. watched uh, Luca, we went, I forgot where we went, somewhere. And uh, they broke one, but they bought another one to replace it. Clever. But we by had the no way, idea. that's very nice. I know. They must have thought we were so highfalutin. Yeah. No, I know. They were like, we can't afford to break these Why anymore. Why buying $35 wine glasses? Right. We're not. They were a gift. Funny related story. Um, so my oldest is moving to California. Uh, it's, it's a very long story. But anyway, he had brought back from their house hunting um, trip a Stanford University Medical School mug. Long story so you can that. look like you went there when you drank out of it? Uh, no, because his girlfriend's doing her residency at Stanford. <laughs> so oh. then they left town and then Steve broke it. It was like, like immediately used it, broke it and boom, replaced it. And unless he's listening to this, he'll never know. <laughs> okay. Well, listening. on that note, let's drink some Chardonnay, <laughs> shall we? Let's drink to deception. <laughs> so this is called Maison des Jardins. Mm, the house, house of, gardens. of gardens. Yes. And the label you're going to love. It's beautiful. Oh, it's lovely. It's yeah. a one of the tiger lily. Like a, yeah. Oh, I was going to say day lily. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's a tiger lily. It's so pretty. It's a it's a French wine. It's from Pays de, I don't know how to say this. It's in English it's Pays d'Arc. Let me see. Pays d'Arc. Yeah, that would be what it is in English. There you go. I'm going to get that back. Okay, great. Well, it's I'm from that that region. I'm going to go Pays d'Arc. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Are you ready for this? Yeah. There's a story. Oh, I do love a good story. Okay. And I have a glass of wine for this. Okay, so. wonderful. Wars, especially world wars, mm-hmm. often have unintended and surprising consequences. As an example, during World War II, women's swimsuits gradually, quote-unquote, grew smaller, evolving first to the widespread two-piece design and ultimately to the bikini, mm-hmm. deemed a new fashion. 
Where's the wine coming I'm, I'm trying to read ahead. I didn't read this before, as you can tell. Uh, deemed a new fashion standard in some quarters and downright scandalous in others, the bikini was created by French designer Louis Riard. Ah, oh, here we go. 1946, the mm-hmm. same year a handful of grape growers, anxious to take their destiny into their own hands, formed the society of the, in English, producers of the white wine of Limoux. During the 1990s, they renamed it something I can't pronounce. Since its beginning, the house worked to promote artisan wine. That has nothing to do with the bikini. Yeah, they just like a story. Thank you for nothing. Anyway, well, there you go. Now we know where we're You know what I think? I think they were drinking this wine when they were like, I think I can work up a... Give me that pen. You know the thing about bikinis? (laughs) I like drinking this wine while I'm in one. (laughs) Okay, so Chardonnay. Mm, Smells terrific. It gives you a lot. So it says, drink this now through 2023. Um, And this is a... 2019. It's very good. It's not too buttery. Which I don't particularly care for. I like it. It's a little bitter. Oak. It's been aged in oak barrel. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have that malolactic mm-hmm. butter business going mm-hmm. on. It has seen oak, but not a. Th- and it says our tasting panel score ninety one points. Misleading. Our tasting. I was going to say if you and I made a wine and we were our tasting panel, we'd score it higher than that. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the the wine points episode, and you'll learn a lot about these points you see in the car. That's yeah. back in the in the archive. Very deceptive. Yeah, but you can find our podcast on that. It is very interesting. And now every time I look at the points thing when I'm buying wine, I'm like, eh, I always look who? to see who gave it. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Me okay. Too. Well, that was surprisingly delicious. Also and delicious. Were I on a cross? you know, ocean flight to France, I'd be Mm -hmm. super excited about that. Yeah, both of these are good. Okay, let's go to the red. Red's where you really... Yeah, it's where the rubber meets the road. Well, this is a Bordeaux. Oh, very nice. I picked a Bordeaux because I'm afraid of Bordeaux. I don't know why. Bordeaux scares me. I'm very proud of you for embracing your fear. Thank you. Yeah, this is called La Croix. La Croix? Like the water. (laughs) But it is just like La Croix water, which is hilarious, and that's part of the reason why I picked it. And it also is a featured wine. I wonder if it's got a really silly story attached to this. You know what I think about earmuffs? No, tell me (laughs) while we talk about Bordeaux. (laughs) What? I'm just kidding. It's a magic word among aficionados of the red wine world. Okay. Bordeaux. And then it just talks about the grape varieties, which in... Bordeaux, these mm-hmm. are the five grape varieties you'll find in all of them in different variations. Interesting. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, mm-hmm. Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot, Malbec, and Carmenere. Oh, I'm not familiar with that last one. Uh, it's very inky. Uh, and in general, this is true. The left bank is known for to be a Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Dominant blend, and then the right bank is known for its more lo- Merlot-dominant blends. Well, I hope this is right bank, because I know how you feel about Cab Sav. <laughs> you got me, girlfriend. And that doesn't tell you. Oh, this one's a surprise, though. It just says a proprietary blend, including Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. I wonder if they make these tasty notes, that, you know, these lengthy tasty notes, because they're figure stuck on an airplane reading about the wine. Yeah, but I ordered it. I mean, perhaps, yeah. if, perhaps if you were to order a bottle of wine when you're on a plane, you'd get all this business. So is American, like, invested in these wines? Like, how's that work? How are these American wines, yeah. American Airlines? Yeah, no, I wish I knew the answer to that. They keep it pretty vague over there at it, AA. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't... Dig as far as I should have, I suppose. But uh, I did do some digging, and I didn't find yeah, that. Yeah, it was hard. Advertising to me. Okay. To okay. be perfectly honest, like, our sellers and our, our sought-after wines. And I'm like, what? Yeah, okay. Maybe this is what people experience in first class. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we will we never, never know. know. We would never we can know. Only assume they have nice wine up In there. Coach, they get the box of Franzi out, red or white. <laughs> Sorry, we only if have get that. white Zinfandel. <laughs> <laughs> we when we flew last week, I was taking a trip that had been postponed because of COVID. They were very clear. We're going to walk by. Don't take your mask off. We're going to tell you what the drink is for one, two, three, and four. Flash your fingers. There you go. It was three Coca-Cola wow. products and a water. That's your option. I was like, I'm happy to get it, sir. Thank you. <laughs> they, I happy. bet you if you pulled money out, they would have given you wine. No, because someone in front of us, a guy, tried to a couple of seats up. And they were like, we don't have it. Again, we have four things. One, two, three, four. While in first class, they had their own personalized oxygen tanks. <laughs> yeah, right. They were like. <laughs> and at the touch of a button, a wet bar emerged. I can only imagine. I like how they shut the curtain so you can't see those people. Well, so you can't drool with envy. Right. Anyway, here's the first class. Let's exactly. give it a whiff. Smells raisinated. It smells like a, well, I would assume a Bordeaux would. It smells like something that I personally might not enjoy, but I'm going to try to wait till mm. I sip to make that this commitment. This smells raisinated to me. It smells over. Ripe. Which typically, I, and I love raisins, and I like that smell usually. I, I think it it just smells Mm-mm. like it's going to be a little too much heavy tang. We'll see. Someone who, li- wow, it has a lot of heavy tang. <laughs> that is dry as a bone. I was not off the mark. Oof. And it's been aged in oak. That's that grip you feel. Yeah, Very not. grippy. This is Bordeaux, though. Yeah. People who like Bordeaux would probably really enjoy this. I don't know if really would go in front of it, but we Tolerated. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just can't. Uh, uh, Bordeaux people who love Bordeaux, they're very. Uh, let's just say picky. I feel like we're we've just chewed on grape seeds. It's got that kind of bite, and I just we are not enjoying it. No. Yeah, but you know what? If you are Bordeaux uh, enjoyer, you would really <laughs> like this, or you would like this Lacroix d'Argent. You know what it says. Hmm. That it should taste like hmm. blueberry. Do you get that? Absolutely not. Do you get red fruits? No. I get currant, maybe. I don't. Blackberry and chocolate. Chocolate I get. Oh, like yeah. I could chocolate. get a really dark chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. And now we know. So if you're ever flying first class or presumably any class soon on American Airlines, <laughs> these will be available to you? Yes. I mean, maybe inquire. Maybe the next time we go flying, if any of you mm-hmm. go for a flight, by all means, ask to see the wine list. Yeah. And then drop us a line. We're super, super available. Yes. Well, you can find us online and our Facebook page, which is a really good way to get in touch with us, Wine and Dandy Podcast. Also on Instagram, Wine and Dandy Podcast. And and on Twitter, Wine and Dandy Podcast. Oh, you made the change. I You're so good. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. Please contact us. We'd like to chat with you. And, and uh, remember, when you're drinking wine, the guys just get friendlier and friendlier. Apparently. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.